G'day and welcome to the Aussie Pastor Live, right here on Faith FM. G'day, my name's Lloyd Grolleman, I'm the Aussie Pastor, coming to you from Sydney and it is a beautiful summer day today, one of the few I reckon we've had this summer, so it's a great day to be alive, Hunty. G'day mate. Good to have you on the program. It is always good to be here, thanks. How are you doing? Doing good. Having a good week? Had a great week so far. Yep. Oh, that's good. Uh, Pretty important day yesterday. It was. What was going on? Valentine's Day. Valentine's Day. Now, I know you're a romantic. I am. For our listeners, I'm genuine and fair dinkum. This guy is a romantic, so I'm looking forward to you telling me (laughs) what did you do. Oh, no. Maybe we should start off. Let me set the pace. (laughs) Okay. Yesterday, uh, I was working. Uh, You were doing stuff, Hunty. I was doing stuff. I think we both ended up at the studio back and back and forward at different Different times times, but we both had little jobs we had to do as we got ready for the week um so i got home quite late 6 37 o'clock but i did not forget my wife and i sent her a text message from the studio and i said sweetheart darling liska love of my (laughs) life do not eat till i get home so she said okay you know what i did i went to her favorite cafe yep shall i admit how much i spent why not it was a whopping amount I spent 64 hard-earned Aussie dollars. Mate, that's, on, the, that's not even three or four roses yesterday. On, on buying her favourite meal. Wow. So yesterday, praise the Lord, I put a lot of money in the love bank. Now, tell us, what did you do? <laughs> well, as you know, we're about to move, and so we're saving every cent, so we bar humbugged it. In fact... I, I, I'm, sh- <laughs> I'm I'm appalled and shocked. In fact, I had my wife out yesterday in the heat, helping me move technical desks and, and TV equipment and TV furniture on a trailer. <laughs> my goodness, there was a lot of money taken out of your love bank yesterday. Depleted it. Yeah, very much. Well, in fact... But it's in the mortgage. It's now mortgage to minus amounts. <laughs> <laughs> that might be the first time I've ever seen you not do something. It, it is the oh. first time I've bar-humbugged, bar-humbugged Valentine's Honestly, Day. Honestly, he is a romantic. Hey, do you know the background of Valentine's Day? I don't. Tell me about it if you know it. Well, Valentine's Day. Well, I'm going to I'm going to read what I wrote on my Aussie Pastor Facebook page. Okay. By the way, if you're listening and you don't follow the Aussie Pastor Facebook page, I'm going to invite you to go there. I yeah, don't know what should. the address you is, should. but if you look up, Yep, go to Facebook in the search box, type Lloyd Grolleman, Aussie Pastor, and you'll find him. Okay. Um, and you'll know you're there because his uh, picture, his frame at the moment is him on a motorbike. Yeah, and the other one is my wife and me getting yeah, married wedding in day. Yep. 2014. That's right. But on that page we share everything to do with the Aussie Pastor, yep. which is a pretty exciting ministry. So I had a look, Valentine's Day. What is Valentine's Day? Where does it come from? Because a lot of people make out it's pagan. And there are some pagan things that have kind of snuck into it. I guess. Yeah. I, I don't know what they really are. I'm sure some of our listeners would be happy to tell me. Well, I'm here, thinking of these little angels that fly around with bows and arrows shooting love darts. Is, is that part of your story? Uh, no. No. <laughs> here it goes. You want to hear it? Yep. I'll, I'll read it as I wrote it. Around 145 million cards are sent out on Valentine's Day. Did you know that? Wow. You? Obviously, it'll be 145 million minus one because you didn't send one yesterday. I did not. It's a lot of romance. No romance in Hunty's life yesterday. <laughs> but the real story of Valentine is one you may not know. Valentine was a pastor in Rome in 269 AD. Wow. In his job, he would marry couples, which was illegal for Christians to do at the time. Valentine had befriended the emperor and had tried to convert him to Christ. It didn't go well. 
He was arrested by Emperor Claudius II and jailed for deceit. Mm. I'm not sure, Hunty, how that works. Mm. How can you be... I guess he was deceitful because mm. he was marrying... Actually, he was marrying Roman soldiers. And Claudius wanted these Roman soldiers unmarried so they'd be dedicated to him and not so much to the family. Right. And he was marrying them in a sneaky way, so I guess they could call that deceitful. Yep. The emperor was also hostile to Christians because he did not want anyone worshipping any god but himself. They're into emperor worship. So watch this. This is where the story gets interesting. Claudius had a beautiful daughter who was blind. Valentine befriended her and promised he would pray to God for a miracle in her life, which God did. Mm-hmm. And she got a she got a sight back. Wow. Uh, she was miraculous, miraculously healed of a blindness. Claudius condemned Valentine to death. Valentine wrote his final letter to the daughter of Claudius before his execution, signing it from your Valentine. Ah. Valentine's Day. Got it. He was beaten with clubs and stones, then beheaded outside the Flaminian Gate in Rome before being buried at a Christian cemetery on the Via Flamina. The date was February 14, 269. Wow. Now, for those romantics among you, and I know that, even though you, you had, a, you, you, you kind of disgraced yourself yesterday, Hunty. You truly are. And I want to let our listeners know this. Having known him just about my whole life, he truly is a romantic. If you watch him and his wife, it is a, Ah, well, sometimes, well, whatever it is. (laughs) For those romantics among you, the story may be a little sad in that Valentine and the Empress daughter had no romantic relationship. Their story was based in the unbreakable love of Christ that is shared by all Christians to each other the world over. How it became the inspiration for romance that's another story. Mm. We might look at that another day, Hunty. So that's the story wow. of Valentine's Day, actually rooted in uh, the story of a martyr for Christ. Now, that's I know beautiful. there are some people are going to write to me furiously. We look forward to it. About, yeah, <laughs> about all the pagan elements of Valentine's Well, look, here I actually went and did some checking on this, and the story is real. It's yep. fair income. It's true. Wow. So this guy was a hero for Christ, and one day we'll see him in heaven. I think you might be surprised when he sees how his life <laughs> has kind of been twisted and turned. Single-handedly and supporting the greeting card industry. Yes. All right, we got to move and, on. And, 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 no, and, and. I'm trying to move on. And uh, I know. <laughs> There'll never be a week when you try to move on where I won't try to put the brakes on. Not just the card industry, but the flower industry. i got, okay. any, I got any name for you. I'm going to call you the handbrake. Yeah. <laughs> hey, um. Hunty, we've got the uh, Ask the Aussie Pastor today. Yeah, we do. And we love to get questions from you. Yep. How would they get... In fact, you can give me some comments on Valentine's you Day. You certainly can. Hunty will read them out. I would Eve, delight Eve. to read them out. <laughs> so if you want to contact us and ask a question in today's program, Ask the Aussie Pastor, you can get them to us two ways. We would prefer if you texted them to us on 0488 880851. That's 0488 double eight zero eight five one or you can email them it's info at aussiepasta.com now let me get moving before we even go there we're going to have a prayer okay this is kind of something we're doing in 2022 which we weren't doing in 2021 very we're always good. going to welcome our open our program for prayer very let's good. go dear lord jesus thank you for your love thank you for the message of valentine and for his sacrifice, a sacrifice that was shared by millions throughout the ages who loved you more than life itself. And today as we open this program and we get into what's going to be a very interesting time, I want to pray, Jesus, that you'll be with us through your Holy Spirit, that people as they listen will gain hope 
and get healing because that's what happens, Jesus, when we're in your presence. So please send the Holy Spirit. Be here with us now, we pray, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Amen. Amen. So, Hunty. Yes. Now Now I can can tell you how interesting the program will be today. Part two of uh, the Trinity with Hensley Gungadoo. That is a very interesting discussion. It's coming up very shortly. And later in the program, we are going to be tackling the difficult questions that Christians have to Well, let me let me before yes. <laughs> before you dive in there, I yeah, think okay. I might I might just step in here. <laughs> We're gonna to talk to Michael Worker, who's the secretary of the Australian Union what of is, Adventist what does that Churches. Mean? Means that he is basically number two in charge That's of That's what I was it. thinking. Yeah, and he's gonna to talk to us about the Australian discrimination law that fell over, what it means and what are really the ramifications of what happened. So it's gonna be a really interesting one. And when it comes to Hensley uh Gungadu, yep, who's ready to go, I can see my yep. mind already. Yep. Welcome, mate. Um I've got some really good questions for you, mate. And I'm looking forward to that as we talk about the Trinity. Good subject, isn't it, Hunter? And we're gonna do a Bible study on that as well, aren't we, Hunter? We do. Okay, mate, you can push it. All righty, let's go. You're listening to the Aussie Pastor here on Faith FM. We can take our time a little more today, Hunty, because we've only got two interviews, not three. Right. So you don't have to worry about the time as much, mate. Okay, very good. We're going to talk about three stories today, and I got a positive one. Yes, the positive one I actually got. I got it for you. Oh, for me. Yeah, I was thinking about you when for I got me. it. For me. Yeah, I was. Really? Yeah, we'll see why in a minute. Okay. Let's go to this first story. Though. Yep. And I think I want to introduce it with a clip. It's a mother sure. in the United States. She's a pretty famous TikToker, and this is what she said. Now I don't want to talk. We could we could spend the whole program talking about what this lady says, but I got you to kind of get this interview, her, her little spear on TikTok, because there's one thing I want to look at. Can we hear it, Hunty? Sure. Go. So I've seen a trend here on TikTok where moms are talking about things that they do with their kids that most other parents wouldn't agree with. And considering most of the TikTok moms hate me already, I thought, why not? One, which I'm sure you can already guess, I whoop my kids. Um, I always give them a verbal warning. I don't expect always for them to listen the first time that I ask. Um, but if I have to ask two or three times um, and I've already explained to you what you need to do and you're just blatantly ignoring me, you're going to get whooped. That's just the way it is. Two, my kids have chores. My kids are two, four, six, eight, ten. Um, the two and four year old get a little distracted, but I give them little chores um, and I kind of just redirect them if they get sidetracked. Um, but my older kids, they have big kid chores. They scrub the toilet, take the trash out, do the dishes. They contribute. Thirdly, I don't really like limit their screen time as long as homework and chores are done. And lastly, I am raising my boys as boys and my girl as a girl. No questions asked. That's it. That's it. That's it, Hunty. Okay. Wow. <laughs> we got we got that sound up eventually. Um, she says four things there. She does. Number one, she whoops her kids. Yeah. That's let me translate for you. That's American for spank. Yeah. Gives them spanks. Yep. Number two, they do chores. Yep. Number three, they can listen to or watch and go online as much as they want, long as they've done their chores. And number four, she's raising her boys as boys and her girls as girls. Now, there are four different yeah, things a lot that there. We, we could talk about there. Yep. And I'm interesting, at least one of them I don't agree with. But the first one is what I want to deal with. She whoops her kids. Mm, interesting. What do you think about that? Well, I had uh, four kids and I didn't spank my kids once. Uh, I had four kids and I did spank my kids 
Oh, dear. But n- not a whole lot. In fact, I didn't see the I need. can only remember once. So we're of a generation, our generation was the first generation really not to speak. Oh, I got kids. whooped. And I'm a kid who got whooped some regularly. Would, some would say you deserved every whooping <laughs> you got too. <laughs> um, Did you get whooped? Yeah. No, but you know what? Not a whole lot. I, it, it was pretty extreme for me to get whooped. Um, is there a place for... In my opinion, no. Okay. No. We, we can, absolutely no. We can disagree. Yes, we can. We do. We have to. We have to. Got great skills it's, in disagreement because we do it a lot. Is this our first disagreement in two thousand twenty-two? Could be our first on Faith FM in twenty twenty-two. I think. But before we go any further on this, the one thing we both agree with that there's no place for wanton violence against children at any level. Correct. Um, Don't get me wrong. When I say I didn't whoop my kids, I never touched them. But discipline, oh, I was all over that. Look, the Bible actually says it's not a bad thing. What? To give a kid a spank. To hit your kids. Yeah, it, does, it says it straight. Now we disagree. Oh, well, I'll read it to you. Really? I actually, because I knew you were going to disagree, so <laughs> okay. I'd get this out. Okay. Proverbs thirteen twenty four. He who spares his rod hates his son, but he who loves him disciplines him promptly. You know that? Well, you know when it says spares a rod, it means he who does not use the rod actually hates his son. Well, hang on a minute. This is from, now let, just before you, you, yeah, you, okay. you, you're not going up against me here. You're going up against Solomon, who recognises the wisest man who ever lived. The guy had a thousand wives. <laughs> That's not a bad comeback, Humpty. You're, you, you told me you were tired today. You're on fire, no, mate. Look, no, hang on. I want to look at the word rod. Are we talking something here that's symbolic of discipline? No. Very clearly. Um, the Bible saying here that used appropriately, corporate punishment is uh, not only a good thing, it's a wise thing. Is that it, like stoning prostitutes was a good no, thing as well? No, 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 no. It's... It's actually, those two are not related at all. Um, the Bible's just saying there is a time where it is okay to discipline your child, but, you know, when it comes to disciplining your child, no matter how you do it, and we agree on this, it needs to be done when you're in control. Yep, of course. You're not angry. Of course. And the discipline, whether you, whether you choose to give them a, a, a smack on the butt and, and a controlled one and or you're going to do whatever uh, other parents do, stand them in the corner. One of the things I used to do to my girls regularly is when they were really playing up, I'd get them to go and stand in the bathroom. There's nothing to do in there. <laughs> <laughs> and they'd be in there for five minutes and they think they were in there for three hours and that was a terrible punishment <laughs> for them, you know. But we've all got different ways. I think the most thing is all discipline of our children needs to be in control and reduce. There you go. And there is no excuse. Now that's smart. There is no excuse to to bash your kids. So I think we'll move on from that one, Hunty. Okay. Unless you've got anything else you want to say. I feel you've got me out of the Bible, so. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I don't think the Bible's saying we should go around and smack our kids uncontrollably. Look, you should never, ever physically touch a kid if you're out of control. You know it would be fun? to do this again next week and get our kids on the other end of the phone to ask them about parenting and discipline. Wouldn't think, that be I, interesting? I, I think the problem would be with that one is neither of our kids really got smacked much. No, mine never did. Yeah, Mine did, I can, yeah. but it was so rare I can actually remember, and I can only ever remember really giving my oldest girl a smack once and that was it. 
So I, I, I wasn't. Let there be a lesson and a warning to the rest of you. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm a bit like you. We're not as far apart as you think. I true, actually, true, I actually true, true. think there are good ways hey, I'm just to discipline. Yeah, there are good ways to discipline kids. Um, but the Bible does say that spanking them it should be, and 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 there's nothing wrong with it being a part of the experience. I'm gonna, when Hensley comes on, I'm going to ask him that because he's a he's a university lecturer and he's teaches, a smart man. He does. He teaches Bible stuff. Mm. So I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna start that by asking him that one, Hensley. I know you're listening. I can see the beads yeah. of sweat already. Yeah. You better get ready for that one. <laughs> uh, uh, the second three, three quick. Let's go through these next two quickly. Yep. The Ukraine war. I, I can't. Oh we can't look at the news without talking about that. No. How serious is that? Yeah. Jesus said in Matthew 24, there will be wars and rumors of wars. I cannot believe that Ukraine and Russia would go to war against each other. Mm. Do, do you know what that actually means in the context say, of where we live, Hunty? I don't know. I was in it's, New Zealand or I was in Tasmania. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like, well, Tasmania is Australia, man. You're going to get yourself in the, into big trouble today. It's, it's like Australia going to war against New Zealand. You hit it. But didn't, well, didn't they, Ukraine, they are the, the Ukrainians and Russians are the same people. Weren't they part of the same country at one point? Well, they're both Slavs. Right. They're both okay. the same peoples. Okay. And it just shows you the wickedness and the evil of leaders. And I'm not going to, mention who or, mm. or how. Mm. I'm not going to get into the politics of this, but that they'd go to war, people against people. It's unbelievable, mate, and it really is a sign that Jesus is coming. Yep. I, I don't know what, you know, they're saying this is Tuesday afternoon, 3.50pm. They're saying that he will attack tomorrow. Oh, man, oh, I pray to God that Same. that. I, sometimes I can't sleep real well, and I woke up this morning at 330 after four or five hours, um, and I, I talk to the Lord when I can't sleep. Um, I do that for a couple of reasons, because if it's Satan that's waking me up, he's making <laughs> he, a mistake because I'm going to use it to talk to the Lord. <laughs> nice. And, and I prayed for that Ukraine-Russia thing, because I don't want to see Russians or Ukrainian. They're beautiful people. I want to see either on either side die. Just mm. a terrible thing. And this last one, here's a positive no, one. Uh-oh. Hunty for yes, you. for me. Changing your diet... Could add thirteen years to your life. <laughs> oh you don't like that one? No, I, I, I once read a thing on Facebook that was a bit of a meme, and it said, "By removing your morning coffee from your morning routine, you can yeah. remove eighty percent of all the joy in your life." <laughs> well, I don't think you or I drink coffee in no, the morning. But I mean, in fact, what? I don't drink caffeine. You know when I drink caffeine? When's that? When I'm really, really tired. And because I don't drink it, what does it do to you? You're the pops, same. It pops you right up real quick. It does, doesn't it? So if I'm going from Sydney to Brisbane and I'm, I'm going to fall asleep, it's, you might have a little bit. But, man, it, it really does. It's a, we've talked about caffeine on this program before. We but have. that's not what this is about. Tell me more about your cruciferous vegetables. Let, let me read this. It's, <laughs> the, the largest grains in longevity were found from eating – the largest gains in longevity were found from eating more legumes. You know what legumes are? Yeah. Which include beans, yep. peas, and lentils. Right. Do you eat any of them? Yeah, sparingly. Man, I eat heaps of them. I'm going to live to 150. <laughs> Whose grains, which... Yeah, uh, but you've got a dog. <laughs> I love legumes. I love beans. I love peas, and I love lentils. lentils? And that, Yeah, they make me feel really good when okay. I eat them. They're good. a clean food. And then it says whole grains, which are entire seed of a plant, nuts such as walnuts, almonds, pecans, and pistachios. I eat all of them, nuts, seeds, legumes, and whole grains. They contain more than just protein. They include, hunty, healthy fats, vitamins, minerals, yes. and antioxidant 
phytochemicals. And you reckon 13 years? That have been associated with lower risk of chronic disease. This article says 13 years, but it doesn't stop there. Yep. It says eating less red and processed meat, such as bacon, sausages and preserved deli meats, was also linked to longer life. Man, we are going to live to 200 years of age, you and me. <laughs> Love it. Me longer than you because I'm eating legumes. You don't eat legumes. Not as many I might as I try should. and uh, I think I might try and convert you to the legume uh, lentil thing. You know, lentils, man, you get a can of lentils, you know. Yep. Do you know how much a can of lentils costs in 50, cold? 50 cents. Yeah. So you get a can of lentils. Now, look. 50% of it's water, let's face it, <laughs> when you open it up. You put it in, man, you cook it, and you put a little bit of gravy quick with it, and oh. then you put it on toast. <gasps> okay. Oh, mate, what a delightful. And if you put peanut butter on your toast and then the lentils, oh, yeah. wow, you're in heaven. Okay, I'm going to try that. Yeah, really, really. Re- and then I've learned some of the beans that I've learned just in the last six months that butter beans, man. Have you ever tasted butter beans? You gave me some the other day at the studio. They weren't, you didn't mind them, did you? Didn't mind them. Yeah, beautiful. Not baked beans. Hey, tell him what happened when you oh. hey, you went. You, he, he goes my, on a low. Well, well hang on, let me tell you. Yeah, my, yeah. My, my wife's got a, a couple of autoimmune diseases and chronic rheumatoid arthritis, and the doctors put her on some absolutely insane diets, including no sugar and no processed food. So I joined her on one a year or two ago, and after three or four months of no sugar. We decided this diet wasn't working. We'd go back to a normal diet. And the first thing By I the way, had... listeners, he should have stayed on it. Yeah, go, go on. Go so on, the go first on. thing I had after this ridiculously stark diet of just, oh, mung beans and rice, I had some Heinz baked beans. And the first spoonful, I just went, who has filled this with so much sugar? Now tell I, her, I t- could barely eat it. Yeah, because you, you had trained your body mm. to eat... Health. Thankfully, I'm, I've adjusted back now, and the beans are nice. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to ask you that. How do you find the beans? That's why I put this in. Listen to this. People yep. say, get, let's go back to red meat for a second, then we'll finish this news yep. section. People say, oh, I need my red meat for, what do they reckon for? Pro, um, yeah, yeah. Energy and protein. Protein, iron. protein, protein and iron. Mm. But listen to this. Plant proteins... Soya beans, yum, man, I love soya beans. Same thing with the lentils. Put the soya beans on toast. Mm. Whole grain toast, of course. Yep. Oh, man, it's beautiful. Chickpeas, man, they take some eating the first time you try them, <laughs> those little round things. But, you know, once you get used to them like you you, yes, you did with the... Yes, I did. You, you kind of... Lentils and other legumes, tofu, do you like tofu? No, absolutely not. Oh, oh like it, what is it? White, just... White nothing? Temper. Nuts, <laughs> seeds and whole grains like quinoa. Do you like quinoa? Quinoa. Oh, quinoa. Is that how you say it? No, and Jackie and I lived on quinoa and... Is that how you say it? Quinoa. Mate, I've been saying quinoa for years. And I've been laughing for a long time too. Okay, <laughs> maybe someone could support me. Yeah, here. someone could support me. Text us uh, in. Okay, zero four double eight double eight zero eight five one. In Tell us how you think's pronouncing it correctly. Oh, you're very... <laughs> I can see you're very prideful with that. You're very confident. <laughs> Uh, what about this broccoli? These, all these things I just mentioned, they contain higher levels of protein than meat. Yeah, per, per gram they thrash it. So here it is. If you want to be someone who lives a long life to give yourself the best chance, you know what you need to do, hunting? Fruits, change and vegetables, it. and nuts. Yeah, fruits, grains, nuts, and vegetables. T- change your diet. And to be fair, hunty. Mm. You and I have been doing that. And you know why we're doing it? <laughs> well, we've both been on diets for a long time. Why are we doing this, though? Because we are uh, 
fat. I was going to say, you're on television. <laughs> oh. Let's move on. Uh, you know, seriously, as we end this note, we're in a, we are in a very, very sober time in the world. True. Some incredibly bad things are happening. Remember Ukraine. Mm. Remember Russia and your prayers. Your prayers. And let's pray this, this week. This week, please, Lord, hold back the winds of strife. May there be no war. You're listening to the Aussie Pastor here on Faith FM. Done a lot of talking, hunting, so I'm going to let you introduce this song. Your turn, mate. Okay, well, the Maranatha Singers, and I love these guys, um, they're singing our next song. It's one of my favourite. It's called, Lord, I Lift Your Name on High. Song, hunty. Yeah, me we too. sing that one in church. Yes, and when we sing it on church in church, it's always a lively one, isn't it? Good stuff. Have you got anything back from anyone? I have. I have. Um, People are, st- are stacking on behind you, saying the rod's real. Um, 
spare the rod, spoil your child. Now, people, people are behind you here on this one. Anything on the Quinoa one? Quinoa. Yeah. <laughs> yes, Quinoa. One to me. What's, oh dear, I'm a little bit disappointed in you, <laughs> listeners, about that. Hey, I'm, I'm a bit worried. I can see Hensley, but I can't hear him. Hensley. Hello. Can, how oh, are we you? got him. That's um, good. Can you hear me? Yes, thanks, mate. Welcome, Hensley. Also, welcome. I mean, I mean, you guys are talking about my favourite topic, food. Oh. <laughs> I should carry on. Are, are you are you a healthy? You look like you're a healthy eater. Well, uh, we I think we can all do a little bit better when it comes to health. So since the beginning of the year, I'm having salad and couscous uh, couscous. for my lunch and dinner. Is couscous, is that like quinoa? What do you call it? Quinoa. 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 Oh, well, it's it's an alkaline-based stuff, you know, so I'm trying to do that. But I I have something for Hunty, you know, Lloyd. I mean, I want to invite Hunty to Uh my place because I want to give him some lentils Uh that I will make with some beautiful thyme. Sea salt and Ooh. add some garlic to that. I'll convert him to to the lentil well, thing. Well, you know what? I would love to spend some time with you at your place, Hensley. I appreciate that beautiful offer. Mm. Yeah, well, I'd like to come and make sure he <laughs> eats the lentils. <laughs> the thing is, you, you're talking about a Mauritian dish there, I'm guessing. Yes, yeah. And the Mauri- that would be delicious. There's no doubt about uh, that. Yep, yep. I mean, one of the things Hunty and I love doing when we go overseas shooting for our television shows, we now we do, Hunty. We love to taste oh, yeah. the exotic foods yes, of these places. The local cuisine. Now, Hensley, you and I have a, a, a mutual love of Israel. Yes. What did you think of the food in Israel? Oh, uh, it's the best. You know, like you were talking about chickpeas, and I'm sure you had falafel in yeah, Israel. Yeah, yep. I make falafel. Yum. Ooh. Oh, I make falafel. I love falafel, bread, salad. Uh, yes, the food is amazing in Israel. I, I went through Israel and I ate like a horse. I know that's hard to believe looking at me, um, <laughs> Hansley, but I ate like a horse. But, you know, because I was eating such good food, and I think we're yep. probably walking 100Ks a day, <laughs> yep. um, I just didn't put any on, on any weight. I was eating good vegetarian food, and both Israel and Jordan, where we were, have the most mm-hmm. beautiful, you know, thousands of years of preparing Vegetarian food? That was sensational. Yes, yes. I think Tel Aviv is, is a world capital of, of vegan food. Yeah, yeah. What's that, yeah, yeah. what's that paste they make out of chickpeas again? Hummus, hummus. Hummus. Have you and, tasted and, and, the hummus there? But, but that, that's it. I have tasted about 15 different types of hummus. I thought hummus was just hummus. No, it's not. Yeah, I tasted about 15 different types of hummus. You know, mm, I've tasted garlic. hummus in Jerusalem, Oil. tasted hummus in, 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 in the West Bank. I don't know if you've been to the West Bank. We've been to the we We stayed in the West Bank. We haven't. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, we've been to the West Bank. We, the, when we, we, we came across the border from uh, Jordan to Israel, you know what that's like. I'm, I'm guessing yep. you've done that. Yep. We got to Jericho, which is just across the border, still in the West yes. Bank. They yeah. took us to, you remember, Hunty, we went to that restaurant? I do. Oh, so good. I never tasted, it was, it, they were, they were uh, Palestinians. I never tasted hummus like I tasted in that restaurant. Oh, it's, it's it, so good. Hey, before, now, I, I want to get into this very important subject today, but I just want to ask you before, are you a father? I'm, I'm, a, I'm a proud dad. I have, I have, I have two, two beautiful boys. How old? Uh, one of my sons is studying ministry and he'll finish next year. Uh, I mean, this year. I suppose you're not applying the rod to him. <laughs> uh, smacking, yes or no? 
Uh, I, I did smack the kids on the legs. Again, not, in full control. In full control, not overly, you know, like, you know. Redemptively. Redemptively. Yeah, redemptively, now and again, you know. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, yeah. Like, it's like when a kid goes to touch a hot stove, you're going to give him a tap on the hand. See, hunty, we're right. <laughs> oh, you can say you're right, but I will not. I will not be convinced so easily. Oh, okay. Uh, before we get in further trouble, I think we better get into this. <laughs> this is a very sacred subject, isn't it, Hansley? Yes. We're looking at the nature of God. Now, don't let that put you off. We're looking at the Trinity. I want just before we get into the questions we never got to last week, Hansley. I just want you to again to give us a very brief definition of what the Bible says the Trinity is. Yeah, uh, thank you, uh, uh, Lloyd, and and you know, and greetings to your to your viewers also to your to your listeners. Well, they're, um, they're listeners and viewers, Hensley, because yeah. we've started putting these up on a podcast. Yep, I know. And, and social and, media. And I was talking to Hunter this morning, and he told me about four hundred people watch our interview on yeah. the Trinity, and I thought. I mean, who would watch, you know, an interview on the Trinity? But, you know, you have about 400 viewers. Mate, if they knew it was there, there'd be 100,000. This is a okay. sensational subject. So, definition, yes, yes. Trinity. So, so, so quickly, I mean, again, it, it, there, there is no quick definition for, for more than 2,000 years of debate on that. But we believe that there is one God, uh, three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and they are unity of three co-eternal persons. So those three persons make up one God, correct? One God, yeah. Okay. Now, um, the Father, the Son, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit all have separate personalities? They're all different persons. They have their own personalities, yes. But they're one God. They're one God. In the Old Testament, God who speaks to mankind is usually defined in Jesus Christ. Is that correct? Uh, we, 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 we say uh, from, the, from what we've learned now that um, most probably the person that speaks to mankind is Jesus, you know? The, um, the, the most. Yeah, the most, yeah. So it was probably Jesus who led the Israelites through the desert to the promised land from Egypt. Let's go with that. Should, yeah. we not, should we not take it that far? Should we just say, oh, it's God? Yeah, because, because, because it, it hasn't, I mean, you read the Old Testament, you read that story, it doesn't say whether it was Jesus, God, or the Holy Spirit. So you just take, it, it was God leading them. Yet the New Testament seems to indicate that it was Jesus who was the rock, who... Yes. Paul, I think it is, says that, doesn't he? Jesus was the yes. rock who led the yeah. people of Israel through the desert. Um, it was the rock uh, that, that, that Moses should have tapped only once, but he tapped twice, you know? Yes, yes. I like that story of Moses for another day, but he, he can't go on through to the promised land, and he's on, is it Mount Nebo, was it, that he, yes. he died? Well, remember, we went there, Hunty. Yeah, we yeah, did. Yeah, yeah. Great time. It's, it's a mountain that I was going to say, you must have climbed Mount Nebo. Sure. Well, yeah, we, we, we climbed it in a car. In a bar, minibus, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Man, we were doing so much walking when we went to Israel. We didn't want to go any further than we had to. But we never missed a single thing that we need to go to. Um, and, and he thinks he's not going into the promised land and he's got to die. There on Mount Nebo, overlooking the promised land. 
And what I love about that story is how Jesus comes down, resurrects him and takes him to the true promised land. Yep. And I think that's a promise for those who die, Hensley, and don't yes. aren't alive for Jesus to come. Jesus is saying, hey, don't worry, I'm coming to get you. Anyway, let's look at the Trinity a little more. And I'm going to start uh, where we started last week. Just clear answers here, mate. Uh, yes or no, not, you can add to them a bit, but is Jesus God? Yes, Jesus is definitely God. The Gospel of John tells us he is God. That he means is the word that came down, and he is God. So does that mean that every single description and depiction of God in the Bible applies to Jesus? Yes. So can I call Jesus Yahweh? You can call Jesus Yahweh. Jehovah Jireh? Yes. These are, these are names for God. These are names for God, and it applies to Jesus also. Can I pray to Jesus? Well, I hope you do. I pray to Jesus. Okay. Jesus sits on the throne in heaven? Well, the book of Hebrews tells us that he sits on the throne in heaven. Would it be fair to say then that Jesus is still, because he becomes a human when he comes to earth, he goes back to heaven. Jesus, who is God, is he still human in heaven? And and that's a beauty. Again, we go back to the book of Hebrews, and 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 you know the book of Hebrews say uh, he is not afraid to call us brother. So our brother is on the throne, ruling our the universe. Our brother is on the throne. Would it be fair to say then that we're royalty? Um, we are royalty. Uh, we are called a royal priesthood by, by by the Bible. We are royalty, but but more important. Uh, your brother, my brother, is seated at the right hand of God. He is on the throne. He is seated there. When it says he's at the right hand, does that mean equal to? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, their thrones were not like what we had seats. You know, it was yeah. more of benches. Yeah, I actually love the description in the Bible of the throne of God. Yes. This, uh, Blue, what what was it, yeah. that blue hunty that we looked at? Yeah, lapis. Lapis lazali blue, yeah. you know, incredible. Anyway, that's for another day. What about this one? Is the Holy Spirit, so he's a third entity in the Godhead, is is he God? Now, you've, you've confessed your love of Israel. I'll yep. do something that Jews like to do to us. I'll re- respond to you with a question. Yep. Can you lie to the Holy Spirit? You can, but you shouldn't. Okay. Can you make the Holy Spirit sad? Yes. So if you can lie to the Holy Spirit, you can make the Holy Spirit sad, then he's a real entity and he's God. Can I pray to the Holy Spirit? You can pray to the Holy Spirit. Can I worship the Holy Spirit? You can worship the Holy Spirit. So anything I do with Jesus, I can do with the Holy Spirit. Anything you do, you can do with the Holy Spirit. And I would like actually to encourage us more to pray uh, to the Trinity, you know, we you know we we often treat in our prayer the Holy Spirit as being a little entity that's out there instead of you know inviting the Holy Spirit, inviting His presence, asking Him to accompany us and to be with us. Okay, the Father. We often yes. think of Him um, as well. Is He God? Well, He's God. The Father is God. I think everybody will agree with that one. In the Trinity, is he the boss? You see, like, like, like in the Trinity, we talk about free co-eternal. Yes. So co-eternal, and I think we talk about the term perichorosis, which means dancing together. Um, 
Yeah, so if you are in one sink, there is no boss, there is no servant. They're all in one sink working together. So if, if I could say the role of Jesus is saviour, am I correct there? Saviour of mankind. Yes. The role of the Holy Spirit is to point men to the saviour, is that correct? Yes. He's our guide, he's our counsellor, he's the one who comes and possesses us, he's the one here directly, on, they're all here on earth, but he's yeah, the yeah. one directly here on earth representing Jesus, that's his role. What's the role of the Father? That's a, that's a good question. Uh, currently, in my own personal devotion, I'm rereading the story of the prodigal son. And I'm looking, and, and, and we know that the, the, the father in the story of the prodigal son represents God the Father. Yeah. What's the role of the father? The role of the father is there to love. That's his role. He loves and loves unconditionally. He loves the younger son as much as he loves the older son. He invites the younger son to come in his house as well as he invites the older son to come in his house. He invites the younger son to the party as well as he invites the older son to the party. He gives what he has to, 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 to all of them. He gives them the inheritance. So, so what is the role of the father? The father is love. Behold what manner of love the father has given to us. You know, that's what the Father is. He is love. He I, loves I us. I like that. I like that. When we get to heaven, looking forward to that, actually, mm. might not be far away the way things are going. True. I'm kind of one of these guys who, I've been thinking, I've been 31, how long? How many years have you been in the work now, Hensley? Uh, in the work? I've been As in a the pastor. Work for, 25, for 25 years. This is my 32nd year. Wow. <laughs> you, you, I mean, you, you look, you look young. Yeah, thank oh, you. It's, it's the legumes, mate. It's the legumes. <laughs> it's the lentils. It's the lentils. It, it, is. it's the lentils. it is. It's the lentils. It is. I keep yeah. telling Hunter, you'd look 10 years younger if you just eat legumes, man. <laughs> um, when we get to heaven, are we be uh, 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 two questions here without notice. I love questions without Ooh. notice. Are we, uh, are we going to be able, I know we'll be able to see Jesus. Will we be able to see the Holy Spirit and the Father and, Fellowship and communicate with them? Well, you know, like, again, you know, uh, I'm going to on, on what the Bible says. It's, uh, whoever seen me, he's seen the Father. So Jesus was saying that while he was on earth. When you saw him, you saw what he was doing, you could see the Father. Like, I wish I, we could see the Father, but, you know, I mean, look, you know, I, like you, you know, I'm thinking... Uh, this world won't last too long. Very soon we'll be able to meet uh, in heaven and be able to see and, and, and talk to, to, to God there. It's true that the Father and the Holy Spirit are omnipresent. What's omnipresent mean? I mean, they are present all the time. They are here all the time. And I've often thought about that. I think when we get to heaven, I don't think we're going to have to stand in line to talk to God. If he's omnipresent and he can be everywhere, I think... Heaven will just burn away the dross of sin and the block that sin is between us and God. And the intimate times we will have with God in heaven, I, I, it, it, to me, you're looking at perhaps what will be the best thing about heaven is that intimacy. You know how when you're in the presence of God, it moves you, drives you to your knees, you cry, you have these wonderful, almost euphoric experiences at times being yeah. in the presence of God because it's how we're designed to be. So yes. I think we don't need when to. When you bask in his presence. Yeah. So I don't think when we get to heaven we're going to have to wait in line to talk to God. 
I'm no. not sure how to work with Jesus, who is God, but I don't think we'll have to wait in line to talk to him either. I, I don't know how that's going to work. I'm looking forward to seeing. Um, yeah. If Jesus is God and we've established that, why then did he pray to the Father while he was on earth? Well, I think, I think you've answered that question by your question. Um, in, when he became a man, I mean, he came on earth as a baby, he grew up, you know, he assumed the ability of, 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 of a man, you know, he was hungry, he was thirsty, he died on a cross. So as he was on earth, he didn't use his divinity to do anything to help himself. So, so he would pray God to keep him away from temptation. He would pray to God to, 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 to help him uh, as he was performing his miracles. So, yeah, so uh, in, in, in the economy of salvation, if you want to, he assumed um, the ability of a man. He was fully man, so he, fully human. Was he actually showing us as human beings how to have a relationship with God? He was showing us how to have a relationship with God. He was also showing us the power that's available to us. Yeah. Um, you know, like, uh, remember, you know, Matthew 28, he says, you know, go make disciples in the power of the Father, the, you know, the Son and the Holy Spirit. So he says, you know, all powers have been given to, to me. You know, so, so he's giving that to us. And, and, and that power is unlocked through prayer and trust in God. I reckon this idea that you've just shared with us is not realized and recognized enough in the Christian church. The power that is available to us is the same power that was available to Jesus. And yes. You can stop and think about that a little bit. The Christian church would change dramatically if we understood that, wouldn't it? Yes. We'd almost go back to the days of the early apostles where the apostles would walk and their shadows would fall on people and they'd be healed. Mm. Mm. Yes. I, I, I think, you know, as we go into the end times, the church is in for some beautiful surprises on how God will use his power to work through us if we are open to it. Hey, two more questions, and I touched on this. Both of these I touched last week, but I want to end on these. Um, can those who have had opportunity have been exposed to the truth, have been exposed to the Bible truth on the Trinity and reject it, can they still be in heaven? I know that's a hard one, and I'm not asking you to put yourself in the position of God, but how does it go if you've been exposed to the truth of the Trinity, you've seen it in the Bible and you still refuse it? Now, I'll tell you why I'm asking that question, Hansley. Mm -hmm. if, it, if Jesus truly is God like you've shared, okay, number one, and the Holy Spirit is truly God, and he really is the third person of the entity. And I say that because anti-Trinitarians will question the full divinity of Christ. The moment they say he's not eternal, even though they'll say, oh, I came forth from God, that's questioning the divinity of, of Christ. Because if he's divine, he's got to be pre-eternal. God is pre-eternal. He never came forth at some time. So if Jesus... Uh, truly is God, and if it was the role of the third person of the uh, uh, of the of of the Godhead, the, the the Holy Spirit, to drive people to Jesus, you with me? Mm -hmm. If you reject that Jesus is God, and if you reject the personhood of the Holy Spirit, is let let me rephrase this question: Is there great danger to your eternity in doing that? Look, uh, let me go back to a question that you had pre my coming to your. Mm. Uh, and onto your issue. You were talking about discipline. Mm. If Jesus is not God, and if he is, you know, 
one of the, the first child or first son of God or whatever. The sacrifice of Jesus would mean that God has sacrificed one child to save another. Mm. So he sacrificed, so, so, so the sacrifice of Jesus becomes basically the divine child abuse. So he, he, he kills one child to be able to save the other. So, so when you look at it in, in, in that perspective, you say, uh, there is no reason for us not to believe in the Trinity. The Bible is abundant there. In any case, we can see the Trinity in creation. We can see the Trinity at salvation. We can see the Trinity in, in baptism. We can see the Trinity as power is given to us to go and make disciples. And we will see the Trinity in heaven. Again, I don't want to play God and say, look, uh, you know, who's going to be saved, who's not going to be saved. God wants everybody to be saved. But while we are here on earth, denying the Trinity is denying us a real strength and a real force. Mm. Denying the Trinity makes God like the divine child abuser. And, and we don't want to do that, mm. you know. Mm. So, so, yeah, I mean, there's no reason not to believe in the Trinity. We, we you know, we gain that power that was available to Christ, given to us in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Don't you love his gentle pastoral heart? He's amazing. Yes. Yep. <laughs> yep. I'm a Very bit more forthright, <laughs> more forthright on that. Uh, I don't know. Look, I think if you deny who Jesus is and you deny the third person of the Trinity who drives you to Jesus, who teaches you, who shows you salvation, who shows you what's right and what's wrong. I don't know, uh, Hensley, I think you're in big trouble. Hmm. <laughs> Am I going too far there? I think you're in big, big trouble. If you can't accept that Jesus is God and it was God who got down off his throne to come and save you, if you can't accept that the Holy Spirit is the one who, the real entity, the real God, who, who comes and possesses you and shows you Jesus and the way to eternity, I don't know, man. I I, I I agree. I mean, like, like if, if, if you can't accept that Jesus is God, again, you know, what do you make of, of Christ's sacrifice? You're making a mockery out of that. Mm. If, if you, I mean, I mean let, let's go back to lit, the little thing we said. Uh, the one who is God, he is seated at the right hand of God, and then he calls us brother. What more powerful thing? And why do you want to deny that? Yeah. Why do you want to deny that the one who is not ashamed to call you brother is himself God. Why do you want to deny that? I, yeah, I, mean, well, I think one of the clinches in the Bible, what is it, Hebrews 1, 6 or 8 or somewhere around, Hebrews 1, 8, I think, where it says, where God himself says to the Son, thy throne, O God, is for it. Where yeah. you've got God the Father acknowledging yes. and testifying that Jesus is mm-hmm. God. It's yes. really, and, and I guess that leads to the next question, which is an easy one. How important is it to believe in the Trinity? Yeah, I mean, I think we've answered that. Yeah, we Very, important. Very life, important. Life eternal. It's life eternal. Yeah, yeah I mean, I mean it, as a Christian living in this world today, being able to believe in the Trinity unlocks the power of the Godhead for me. Yeah. Uh, wherever I go, I go with that power. And it says, all power has been given to me, therefore go. So wherever I go, all that power is given to me. 
you know, as you, st- as, as you talk on the radio, you are talking because of the power that God has given you, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Yeah. So for my own spiritual journey, it's important. Uh, later on, we've, we, 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 we've talked about the concept of, you know, creation. My creator, you know, yep. Trinitarian God. Yep. The one, salvation, the one who offers the salvation, Trinitarian God. Yep. You know, a baptism. To be baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. It's, it's very important. It is. You know? Well, look, you know what? We're going to get a um, guy on in the next few weeks mm-hmm. who came out of the anti-Trinitarian movement. And I think we'll get you to look at that, Hensley. And then yeah. we'll, get, we'll, we'll come back for a little, just one more discussion on this because it's so sure. important. And we've made you, you don't realise this, but we've made you our, what do they call resident it? Resident scholar. Our resident mm-hmm. Bible scholar. You're our go-to man on That's the it. Bible, Hensley. Yep. <laughs> I, I, I feel very, pro, I feel very privileged, honoured. You know, the are, are guys that know the Bible much better than me. I'm just, you know, have a very small knowledge of the Bible. Oh yeah, but we love you. We do. You're we a, love, oh, and you field you. secretary. We love you too. <laughs> we lo- I love you too. Yeah, that, that, but, but you do know that I do love Hunty just a little bit more than you. <laughs> well, he's a lot of people will say Hunty's a lot more affable than Lloyd. <laughs> he, in our church, in the leadership, Hunty's the soft touch. <laughs> That's where they go to if they want a soft and an easy answer. Go to Hunter. Oh, good. <laughs> we love having you. God bless yes, you. Yes, mate. Thank uh, you Hensley, so much. And we'll see you next time. See you next time. Bless You're listening the to the Aussie Pastor here on Faith FM. Well, I enjoyed that. What an amazing interview. Uh, it's very interesting. Isn't it? Very interesting, yeah, and it's yeah. very, very important. Now, our next song, Hunty. Yes. This is your job today, is okay. to announce the songs. Well, if because, you guys... You know why? Because yes. the songs are about six feet away, <laughs> and I ain't got my glasses today, and I don't know what's happening. So, all right. Hunty, well, for those of you who yours. know, um, one of the greatest Christian singing groups around is the Gaither Vocal Band, or the Gaither's Family Singers. And probably one of their stars, his name's Guy Penrod, and he sings a beautiful version, which I'm about to play for you. It's called He Hideth My Soul. my Lord a wonderful Savior 
Go to one of, that's one of the my go-to songs. He he hideth my soul. You know when you're in trouble and things aren't going well, to know that you can run and uh, believe me, Hunty, oh, I yeah. have a life where <laughs> things often aren't going yep. well. And I just run to Jesus. Me too, mate. Hey, ask the Aussie pastor. Yeah, it's time. I hope we can go through this one pretty quick today. Actually. Okay, we've, well we've got a, we've, we're, we're running late, aren't we? We are running a lot. And late. I have an important <laughs> interview coming up. Yeah, we've got one of the bosses coming up soon. It's not just that he's a boss, <laughs> it's because it is really important. It is really important. Tell, yep. All right, let about. me get into it. Yep. Bit of a rebuttal question here for you yeah, from yeah. one of our regular listeners named ah, Michael. Mm. Rebuttal? You'd be enjoying this. Oh, I'm enjoying I, this, I yes. know that you put it first. <laughs> I put it first. Hey, by the way, to our listeners, we don't mind rebuttal questions. You can challenge us. You can take us on. We don't mind at all, do we, Auntie? Now, Michael's been listening to your messages that are on social media and, and YouTube. Okay. And he's heard what he thinks is a... A challenging question, so I'll repeat it for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lloyd, you addressed the congregation. You said that it's not time to invest in houses. Um, and it's a bad suggestion to young people who want to buy a house. Just because you don't want to buy a house now, that's your decision. Don't pretend it's more spiritual and closer to God. That's false. 
Hot, hot, hot. <laughs> yes, he's slinging them at you, mate. <laughs> Good on you, Michael. I'm glad you're, you're listening to us. Keep listening. And I hope, I hope, and, uh, I really hope that you just keep throwing those questions at us if I say something you don't like. Well, look, I don't know where you heard that. Uh, it, uh the only thing I can think of, Hunty, it must have been in the context of a live servant sermon or presentation where I said, oh man, it must be hard for young people to buy a house. Cause I actually think if a young person can buy a house, the best thing they can do. Okay. My daughter just bought a house with my full support. Okay. And believe me, it was with my full support. Uh, just because you don't want to buy a house, he said. Yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 58. Of course I want to buy a house. <laughs> I don't have a house, but I have a farm, but I don't have a house. There's no house on the farm. Right. So, so of course I want to buy a house. And if young people can get their, uh, finances together, I think, look, I'm not a, the reason we had that financial guy on just before Christmas a couple of times, mm. Rod, yes. was because he was giving advice on stuff like this. I, I don't think it's a bad thing to buy a house at all. Good. I don't think it's spiritually bad to buy a house. I think if you can own a house, and God bless you, I mean, both you and Hunty, Hunty, both you and me, wish we owned houses. For sure. We might even retire if we owned houses, Hunty. Oh. Maybe That'd that's nice. why the Lord has made sure we don't yes. <laughs> work don't us, get too comfortable, mate. Us to the end. Yeah. Okay, go on, mate. Well, let's move on. Okay, yeah. so should Christians um, take strong political stands? I guess, uh, I guess that's on politics. But also, the question is, should we take strong moral stands on social media? Can you read that question exactly as it's written? Should Christians take a strong political stands and b? Strong moral stands on social media. If you want to take a strong political stand, go for it. Um, isn't isn't the Adventist the Prime church, Minister the Prime Minister of Papua New Guinea is a Seventh Day Adventist? Don't we as a church claim Prime to be non political? Prime Minister of one of those islands is it Solomon Islands is a Seventh Day Adventist? Indeed, Christian. So look, yes. man, if you want to take a strong political stand, as long as you're not damaging the cause of Christ yep. and, and your ability to share that, go for it. What about social media? Same. Well, what's what's the question on social media? Well, it said, should Christians take strong moral stands on social well, media? Well, a political stand and a moral stand is two different things. Correct. A moral stand is a stand you take that's come from the Bible. Uh, so you might take a moral stand on sexuality. Yeah, definitely. Without fear or favour. Do it gently, but stand up for Christ. I mean, we're living in a day where Jesus needs more Christians to make a moral stand, to let the world know, hey, what you're doing is wrong, it's hurting you, it's causing pain, but Jesus has a way out. Jesus can save you. That's the whole point of the Christian uh, movement, is to share that Jesus saves us. He saves us. Now, listen to me. I'm going to get some flack for this on radio. Here we go. Jesus saves us in our sin. Yep. You hear me, Hunty? Yep, he comes to us and saves us while we're in sin. That's what grace is for. Yeah, cleanses us, and he takes us out of our sin. Yes. And some people don't even know the things they're doing is wrong. And, yeah, of course a Christian church and Christians should stand up on social media and make a stand. But you know what? Make that stand. If you're going to make that stand, make sure you're doing it Full of the Holy Spirit, third person of Godhead. Amen. Be born again because he'll advise you how to do it and he'll make sure that the gentle love of Christ comes through while you take that stand. All righty, moving on. Do Adventists believe that the Catholic Church is the beast of Revelation 13? And if so, isn't that discriminatory? Now, that's a big question. It is a big question. Um, the Adventist Church definitely believes that Rome has to play a uh, a part in end-time events. And by Rome, you mean the well, corporate well, church well, of Rome? Yeah, and Rome has 
Rome has that place right. to, to to play a part in end times. How it does that is not a glib answer and something you can answer and say in one or two sentences here on Faith FM Radio. Okay. Uh, I actually come from a Catholic background myself. In fact, right now, my immediate family, the Grollamans, the only ones that are Adventist Christian Protestants. The rest of our family right now are Catholic, so much so that uh, a couple of my cousins serve in the Swiss Guard that guards the Pope. I wow. Mean, that's Catholic of the Catholic. And there's beautiful people from the Church of Rome all over the Amen world to that. that God loves, that he calls, and that are walking in his will, and God bless them. But if you want to know more about that, I suggest you contact... Um, the Discovery Centre. Yes. And Hunty, do we even have the... We do. If you go to aussiepastor.com, yep. you can click your way through to Discovery Centre where you'll find heaps of resources. On, on prophecy. Go for the prophecy yep. ones on yep. Daniel and Revelation yep. and it'll unfold it to you in context and you'll understand. So www.aussiepastor.com. Yep. And if you scroll down about halfway down, you'll get to the Discovery Centre. Love that. You're on fire today, Hunty. All right, let's move on. Is it okay for Christians to be combat soldiers in their national army? I don't think so. Ooh. I do. No way. No way. What's the commandment say? Thou shalt not kill. kill. But how many how many armies did God command through the through the? That was a theocracy. Okay. God God doesn't kill. I think we've already talked about that. Yeah, last we have week. actually. Yeah. Have. Uh, no, I, I don't think it's okay for for Christians to be in combat positions in armies at all. I wish um, I could answer this next question because the reason I think that is. Life is precious and it's a gift from God and it's not my... Now, people are going to be listening and disagree with this. Uh, I understand. I mean, I come from a I come from a military family, mate. I'm the first one in three generations not to be in the armed services. My dad was in the army. He was. In the Australian and the American armies. Yep. yep. So uh, I come from a military background, but I think... You know, Desmond Doss, have you heard of him? What a great story. What's that movie? Ah, uh, yes. You can't remember, can I can't you? Remember, yeah. No, Great story. Uh, just one more. Just one more. Is that mm. what it's called? Yeah, just one more, yeah. Was it? Where he was, he was saving people. Was it actually called lives. Just One More? I don't reckon it was. I'll Google it. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that guy was a, a, a tremendous witness of what a Christian can be. So I'm not saying don't be in the Army or the Navy or the Air Force, but if you are, be a Desmond Doss, and he was a medic, and he's... His job was to save lives, so there you go, Hunty. Alrighty. Next question, mate. I know stop, you're going to come back Googling. to me. In a, you're going to come back this to us. This next in a question, I wish I could answer it, but anyway, yeah. it's for you. Um, shouldn't churches and their entities pay tax in Australia? Oh, my answer is no. Yeah, mine too. Strong no. Uh, I'll tell you why. Churches run at least forty percent of the schools in Australia. They run hospitals and clinics. They run safe houses and counselling. If the government was to charge churches tax and then churches were to charge for all the services they run, the churches in the end would be better off. Okay. Yeah. Well, me personally, I just say, well, all the money that comes into our church for all the good works that we do, feeding the homeless and, and helping with various things in our community, that comes from money that's already had tax paid on it. Mm-hmm. Anyway, guess what? Hacksaw Ridge. That's the name of the movie. I knew it wasn't. No, I was Googling away. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. if you're saved by faith, don't works follow. So in reality, you are then saved by faith and works. Um, 
Well, I, I disagree with that very strongly. Okay, explain it. Well, you look up Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 for me, and I know you're not expecting me to do that, but you look that up, hunty. Okay. Um, and while you're looking on that up, yes, you're saved by faith and faith alone. Yes, good works do follow because the Holy Spirit gets inside of you and changes you and naturally works just flow out of you, good works flow out of you. But those good works that flow out of you are not, they are not, and I repeat, they are not a part of your salvation. They don't pay the price for it. They don't even touch the price for it. Have you got Ephesians 2 verse 8 and 9 there, Hunter? Because it's going to make it really, really clear. So no, you are not saved by faith and works. You are saved by faith and faith alone. That works follow is the result of that salvation that has already occurred. I have fought long battles on social media yep. and in the churches over this yep. one, Hunty. Me too. Have you got it, mate? I've Ephesians, got it. read it for us. Verse 8 and 9. For it's by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It is a gift of God. Not by works. Uh-oh. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Use your phone. <laughs> not by works, so that no one can boast, for we are God's handiwork created in Jesus Christ. So I'm very firm on that. You are saved by faith and faith yep. alone. You and cannot work your way to it's heaven. It's Paul the Apostle who told me that. Keep going, mate. Is that it? Okay, that's it. Oh, no, no. Let's keep going. Um, oh, what's not it? We're I'm living that. with my boyfriend. I'm committed to him. Isn't that the same as marriage? No. <laughs> can I quick. leave that there? That was no. quick. Okay, no. <laughs> no, no. I'll open up just real quick on that. No, no. No, it's not. Okay. Um. If you're living with your boyfriend and you having and he hasn't look, the reason that marriage is so important is not only did God design it and God made it, but the fact that some men and some girls who are living together don't want to get married and want to keep living together is proof that it actually is something. Does that make sense? Yeah, yep, yep, yep. It is something. And I think it's very important before God that all young people uh get married. Um a sexual relationship a heterosexual sexual relationship is forbidden outside the ma- when we forget that it's forbidden biblically it's for- forbidden by god outside of the marriage relationship and so yeah marriage really does matter and it is important and if your boyfriend i say this gently but if he's committed to you he will marry you true? okay All true right. hunty he will marry you if he's committed he will marry you nothing would stop him when you got committed to your fiance, what did you do? Married her. When I got committed to Lisga, what did I do? Married her. Married committed her. men marry their women. That's a fact. All right, last question. That's a bit more of a statement. Uh, when I was a young lady, sorry, when I was young, a lady told me to stop attending church until I could dress properly. I have never gone back. Is it really a big deal to God if I wear a mini skirt and crop top to church? Um, no, just come. Amen. I think Hillsong, big church in our area, has a sign out the front which says, and there's a lot theologically I might not agree with with Hillsong in that I'm a Protestant Christian, but Hillsong has a sign out the front that says, come as As you you are. are." Love it. And look, I can talk for my church, New Hope, just come. Yep. No matter how you dress, no matter how you want to dress, and I think we live by that, Hunty. We have people in our church, without going saying too much, mate, yep. who dress all sorts of ways, correct? We do. And many ways they dress, others would think is um, inappropriate, correct, Hunty? Correct. But they're welcome. Sure. And I, I think I can speak for every Adventist church in Australia when I say we're not going to go at you over your dress. We just want you to be in church. And you know that that lady who wrote that, I'm sorry. Me too. But that happened Me to too. you when you were young. 
And I want to tell you that you are welcome back. And we want you. And I'm just so, so sorry that someone drove you away overdressed. Doesn't mean that dress doesn't matter. When the Holy Spirit gets into you, it changes everything. Your music, the food you eat, your dress. It does mm. change your dress. But we need to allow people to come to church that haven't got the Holy Spirit who are seeking Jesus. And, and Correct. you can come to my church. You can come to any Adventist church dressed how you want. You're going to get a big, warm welcome. And we'll be glad to see you there. So I think, Hunty, is that it? That's it. Now, now, before you press that button, Ooh. if they have questions. Yes, please. We'd love to hear from you. You can text them to us on 0488 or you can email them to us. And the address is info at aussiepastor.com. You're listening to the Aussie Pastor here on Faith FM. Brightly beams, lower lights. Okay, we got that right, Hunty. Yep, let's get into I, it. I, I like this song. Okay, it's slower, but I love the tune, and I just love the words. Listen to the words; very spiritual and full of deep meaning. Nice. Brightly beams Our Father's mercy From His light House evermore But to us He gives the keeping Of the lights along the shore when the lower lights be burning, send a gleam across the way. Some poor fainting, struggling seamen, you may rescue, you may save. Of sin has settled, loud the angry billows roll. Eager eyes are watching, longing for the lights along the shore. Let the Lord. 
sailor tempest tossed, trying now to make the harbor in the darkness. Pastor Michael Worker, I think we've got you on. Welcome. Thank you, Lloyd. Good to uh, catch up with you today. Uh, For our listeners and viewers, because this is a podcast as well, just remind us uh, your position in the church, because it's a fairly important one. So I work in our national office. I work as the General Secretary, one of the executive officers for the church in Australia, and uh, one of my portfolios is public affairs and religious liberty which is a very interesting space at this time. Someone, we were talking about you the other day, someone said, oh, he's, what's his position? I was trying to explain it to General Secretary, and they, what does that mean? I said, well, actually probably means second in charge in the Church of Australia. Is that, is that correct? Just, just for our yeah. listeners so they can get a grip of the sort of work yeah, you do, do. One of the three senior officers for the Australian Church. So what are the three senior officers? What are they? So we have the role of President, General Secretary and Chief Financial Officer. So we each cover, I guess, various aspects of administrative oversight and spiritual leadership for the church. And you live in the beautiful city of Melbourne. I do indeed. And and just for a reminder of our listeners, you are an avid cyclist. I, I am. Um, th- thanks to COVID, when, when we started our lockdowns and we're inside um, 24 hours a day, nowhere to go. Um, cycling became my release, my freedom from the house, uh, which was good for my spiritual and mental health. And are you still cycling? I am, yes. <sighs> I started cycling. My sad story, and this is the truth, I fell off my ride-on mower, hunty. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> and, and I got a serious rotor cuff, I think that's what they call it, injury, where my shoulder split the... And I'm trying to get back on my bike. I, I promise you, Michael, every single day now I'm trying to get back on my bike. You know how much weight it can put on your shoulders across the, the top yeah. here? And it's very difficult. But I'll be back soon pedalling my 20Ks a day. <laughs> what do you do? You're doing what, – what are your long rides? A couple of hundred Ks? Uh, I, I did one 200-kilometre ride wow. uh, over year-end, but most weeks I'll do a, a, a 100K ride on a Sunday or a Friday afternoon. And they're up, yeah. they're up some of the biggest hills you have around Melbourne too, aren't they? Yes, uh, I love riding in the Dandenongs, just the peace and tranquility of nature. And uh, when, you, when you're grinding up a hill at 10k an hour, you can really have time to take it all in. <laughs> <laughs> That's for sure. Actually, I quite like going, believe it or not, I know it sounds a bit weird, but I actually quite like going up the hills myself. 
Um, I don't know what it is about a hill. I, 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 it's kind of a thing of endurance where you look at the top and then you just put your head down and you're going to keep going until, till you get there. And it's quite an achievement for me when it's a big long hill too. Hey, are the cars. Hey, look, just, just before yeah. we go off cycling, one day I'll have to come back on and tell the story in May, planning to do a thousand mile ride from Washington DC to St. Louis in Missouri. Wow. And, uh, it's for a great cause and, uh, yeah. Put a bookmark in and we'll come back and talk about it. Well, look, I'll tell you this much. Because you're the boss and we love you. We love you too, Michael Worker. Uh, Hunty will work a time out with you in the next couple of weeks because I reckon that would be a good story. I'd like to see Lloyd on that ride. Can we organise that? I'll tell you what. <laughs> pay for my airfare and I'll be over there in an instant, mate. I'd love it. I reckon we could take the head around. There's a lot of people who'd like to see that. I'd do it, bro. <laughs> I'd love it. Um, how many days to do the 1,000 Ks? Thousand miles, thousand miles, thousand miles. So sixteen hundred k's. We're doing eleven rides over fifteen days. Yeah, that's tough. I probably wouldn't make that. But look, (laughs) someone give me an airfare to go there, and I'll give it a go, even if I only make the first twenty k's. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Just before we go, and what are you are you are you raising money for? We're going to we'll talk about it properly next time. But what are you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not a fundraiser. It's about mission. Oh, and help. Okay, well, I'll be interested to talk to you about that. Last question on bike riding. Do, do you find it safe or the cars? Do you get respect, you know, or have you had some close calls? Uh, thankfully, praise God, I haven't had any close calls. I try and stay off the major roads during busy times. I, the, the major roads is mostly with a group. Mm. Um, the, the roads in the Dandenongs, so many cyclists up there, um, the, the, the cars are pretty respectful and don't have too much trouble. Actually, I did get a couple of months ago. I did get knocked off by a car. Mm. Just mm. ridiculous, too. You know, we're not supposed wow. to get cranky being Christians, but I got pretty cranky <laughs> about that, Michael Worker. Oh, it's scary, be, you know. It, it is. This car knocked me straight onto the ground into the gutter, and then just drove mm. off. And I just thought, oh, fair go. Anyway, that's not, um, pretty serious subject. I want to talk to you today about the religious discrimination bill. You've already spoken to us a little bit about it, but we said we'd come back for an update. I kind of get a feeling this might not be the last update either, but for our listeners, can you just remind us what the religious discrimination bill, which has just gone before the federal parliament, what it actually is? So the, the purpose of the religious discrimination bill is to provide protection for people of faith and faith-based organisations to prohibit them being discriminated against on the basis of their faith. Is it it needed? Absolutely. You know, Australia has made a commitment under international law to protect freedom of religion, but it's actually never been legislated. Some of our states and territories have it, but not all of them. So in New South Wales and South Australia, there is neither protection at a state or a federal level. And federally, we've got protection for age, race, sex, disability, and the fundamental human right of freedom of religion. It's something we've taken for granted. It's been a cultural norm, but increasingly it's not, and so a protection framework is necessary. Did you say it's actually not in New South Wales? No. Which is amazing when you see our Premier just the other day scoffing at the Prime Minister saying it wasn't needed, and he is a man. our Premier is a man of religion too, so I was a bit surprised to hear that. Well, 12 months ago, the New South Wales had an inquiry into enshrining these same principles into state law, and it overwhelmingly recommended that New South Wales needed to enact legislation 
but uh, they took the view of, well, let's let, let's wait for the Commonwealth to figure it out first, and we'll follow them, um, uh, which, which was a very disappointing decision. Yeah. So, so what does that discrimination bill actually mean practically for Christians? Practically, what does that mean for me, and why is it important? So, if at the moment, as a person of faith or as being part of a, a faith community, you feel that you have been discriminated against because of your faith, whether it's um, your dress, if you're Islamic or Sikh, whether it's your practicing of a holy day such as the Sabbath as a Seventh-day Adventist, if you feel discriminated against, you actually have no federal or state-based protection where you can bring a complaint against that person. Um, There's little bits of protection here and there distributed in other pieces of legislation, but there's nothing that sort of brings it all together and said... These are the protections that I have to live out my faith. Okay. So the media bringing um, the same sex and trans issues into this, is that inappropriate? It's not really about that? Or is it about that? The the Religious Discrimination Bill does not authorise any discriminatory acts against another person on the basis of their attributes like sex, age, disability, sexual orientation or gender identity. But there was a campaign that tried to say that the Religious Discrimination Bill was going to put the right to freedom of religion above certain sexual attributes. That's actually not in the legislation, but that's certainly a narrative that's been in the media and it is really disappointing uh, to hear that being put forward. Um, what we're wanting as people of faith is to have freedom of religion on an equal footing with these other protected attributes, um, not to dominate it. Does it is, has it got anything to do with who our who the churches could, and I want to say churches, I'm talking about all the churches, whether Islamic or Christian or, or Sikh or whatever, does this religious discrimination bill have anything to do with who they could and couldn't hire to work in their system? So currently there is protections in the Sex Discrimination Act that do allow schools to discriminate on the basis of sexuality, certain sexual attributes, sexual orientation, gender identity, marital or relationship status, on who they enrol as students and retain as students and who they employ. Now, as I talk to faith leaders and Christian and other faith-based education, no one wants to discriminate against students. We, we want to welcome all students. And, and you know, in, in Adventist education, we, we have students of all faiths and of no faith and of, um, you know, various um, gender identity and sexual orientation. That, that, that's not the problem. Yeah. But one of the things that has come up is that Victoria has recently changed their Equal Opportunity Act that says... Faith-based organisations, faith-based schools specifically, can no longer discriminate on the basis of um, sexual orientation, marital or relationship status on who they employ. And, and that is really challenging, unless we can demonstrate the inherent requirements. And when they go on and talk about this, they say, well, we don't believe there would be any case where you can demonstrate that a maths teacher needs to be a member of your faith or aligned with the teachings of your faith, uphold the ethos, um, we, we don't believe that can be true. Yep, the religion teacher, yes, the principal, yeah. but not the gardener. And we're kind of saying, but 
faith is a whole person thing. Yeah, yeah. And children, if if you start saying to children, look, do what I say and not what I do, it, it doesn't work, you know. Um, values are caught as much as they're taught. And so we, we want our staff to be able to model the, the principles and the beliefs of the church in the carrying out of the delivery of education. Um, yeah, is this a threat to the school system? If, if this law fails, could we see a, a time where Christian education in Australia fails and the schools start to close down because the, um, the pressure on what you just shared that, and I agree with you, values are actually far more caught than they're taught, I would say. Yeah. We see that when, when our kids go to Christian schools, how the retention rate in the church and in Christianity is, is far greater than if they just go to a state school. But if churches get to a place where they can't hire people who do represent the values they're trying to share to their students, and I'm not talking the Adventist system so much, it's just the general, um, and not just Christian, the general church school system, is there a threat that we could get to a place where these schools will start to say, well, look, we just can't do this and close down, and then the state has to bear the burden of these extra students? We, we claim we're a modern, pluralistic, tolerant society where we welcome a diversity of views, but, but what we're starting to see in practice is you're welcome to have a diversity of views as long as it fits in a certain bandwidth, as long as it fits within what we deem, whoever we are, the, the media elites you know, the, the lobby groups as acceptable. And if you go outside of that, well, then that tolerance for diversity no longer exists. And I think uh, I'm sure there's a number of providers of education and other services who will be starting to ask themselves, if we're watered down to be so vanilla that we're no longer distinctively representing um, the purpose for which we're established, why why would we continue to, to operate in this space? And... You know, what we're looking for in this bill is just to uphold the rights that are there at international law. And that is, there is, at international law, one of the obligations is to ensure the right of parents to be able to provide for the moral and religious education of their children. And, and if by death by a thousand cuts, the legislation removes the ability of parents to be able to bring up their children according to the moral and religious education that they hold, then then we've lost something really precious as a society. I'm just thinking as you're talking there, and I, and I know you're in the same boat, and Hunty too, how much we've all sacrificed to send our children to... I've sent four yep. of our children to faith-based schools, and we've sacrificed a lot of money um, to do that. Mm. And we've done it because it matters to us. And it doesn't mean that our children will necessarily follow the faith of ourselves or even the school that they're in. But at least they've had a grounding and they've had a, they've had a real choice. Um, what happened to the legislation the other day? That's a very good question. It, it, it got hijacked in, in many respects. And amendments were put up that basically... Well, if you want to use a more colloquial term, gutted the bill. Yeah. It, it, it took the heart and soul of the bill out of it that if it was passed, well, there was some, there was some legal technicalities that, that, had, that needed more thorough consideration. But if it had been passed with those amendments, it would have taken away 
the key clauses that added strength to providing that protection from freedom, for freedom of religion. So there's, there's a number of elements I could talk about. There's probably three that, that are particularly front of mind for me. Firstly, in Clause 12, where it talks about reasonable statements of belief, as long as they're not vilifying, as long as they're not malicious, you know. Mm. Um, if, if you take away the ability of a person of faith to say, I believe the Bible says marriage is between a man and a woman, mm. and that is not protected, well, then it's not a very good bill. It yeah. doesn't provide the ability to be able to say what you, as a genuine faith conviction, believe the Scriptures teaches. I guess the second thing is the override clauses. And, and one of the roles of the Commonwealth is to ensure that state legislation aligns with international laws mm. and international covenants. And, and in that vein, the override of the Victorian Equal Opportunity legislation was specifically uh, put in there. But as you can appreciate, the Victorian government didn't like that. They've, they've termed it as an overreach. It's not actually an overreach of the Commonwealth's perspective what they're saying is that the Victorian government has overreached and they're bringing the alignment back. But, yeah. you know, obviously different political persuasions will see that differently. And then, I guess, also troubling was the removal of the protections in Clause 38 of the um, Sex Discrimination Act, particularly Clause 38.3, which, again, was going to remove the ability of um, faith-based schools to be able to employ and retaining employment those people who um, uphold the ethos and the values of, of the schools uh, that they work for. Actually, as I'm listening to you there, and you correct me if I'm wrong here, so I'll, I'll stand corrected. It seems to me that when the same-sex marriage debate was debated and the vote was taken, that perhaps a Christian and, and, and the uh, uh, church movement was lied to when they said basically this is just about same-sex marriage and nothing else will change. Have I gone too far when I say that? or Look, I think there's certainly a, a group of activists and and, um, and others who have an agenda to marginalise people of faith, to marginalise Christian values and belief. And, um, you know, when I gave testimony before the um, Human Rights Committee for the federal government uh, a few weeks ago, you know, I received some fairly intense questioning from, from one of the one of the senators there. And as I went and looked at that senator's social media, there was no doubt that that senator was campaigning absolutely to say, we will do whatever it takes to cause the religious discrimination bill to fail. We yeah. are vigorously opposed to it. And, um, you know, and, and certainly are very clearly aligned with with those who are opposed um, to to any protections being enshrined for people of faith. Last question, and I think it's one of the most important. It fell over the other day. The religious discrimination bill, with all its weaknesses, fell over. Now, I'm not sure why it fell over, because of the weaknesses perhaps or whatever, but it fell over the future. What is the future of this bill? What is the future of religious freedom in Australia? Let's make it a matter of prayer. It, it's, it's not over. Um, whether it comes back on to the floor of parliament before the election or not, I guess is an interesting, an interesting matter. I, I, I couldn't tell you whether it will or not, but it will keep coming up. It, it, it's, 
it's something that as a country we, we do need to protect. There was a wonderful article uh, by a friend of mine, um, Associate Professor Mark Fowler in the Australian newspaper a couple of days ago, um, which is talking about some of the issues. Um, Christian Schools Australia um, have also put out some very, very good commentary on this issue. There's a lot of very uh, insightful writing on this matter, but it, it's something... Look, let me, let me rephrase the answer here. All sides of politics, all the major parties, Liberals, Nationals and Labor, have all come out of these inquiries over the year end saying, we need to protect freedom of religion in Australia. So I think everyone agrees that we need to protect it. What is up for grabs is how good are those protections. Okay. And, um, you know, unfortunately one party wants almost a religious discrimination act in name only with, with actually very little strength. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and there are other parties who, who are willing to give it a bit, a bit more strength and, and make it a bit more robust and vigorous. But we've we, we just got to keep praying. We, we've got to keep talking to our politicians. We've got to say, as citizens of this country, this is important to us. Don't yeah. let it slide. Mm. And uh, maybe the best thing we can do is write to our local federal okay. MPs and say, this is important to me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, look, it's very interesting. I'm, I'm guessing this will not be the last time we'll have you on read this particular subject. I think it sounds like, as I'm listening to you, it's got a way to go. And it does matter to us all. Uh, thank you so much. Um, we look forward, um, Michael, a couple of weeks' time. When did you say you're going to go overseas? Is it? Oh, it's another three months away yet. But, um, well, yeah, we'll get you and, chat about it. Yeah, we'll get you and Hunty to talk about it. And maybe we can chat to you when you get back. You can tell us what it's like to ride a 1,000 miles in 16 days, I think you said. Yeah, yeah. You're you're a good you're a good man. Uh, haven't we come a long way since uh, our days at Avondale University College? Uh, Amazing what God has done. It has, and I think God's using you. And you're up there talking to the pharaohs and the kings. And may God bless you as you represent Him at the very highest levels here in Australia. Thanks, mate. See ya. Great to chat. Yeah. You're listening to the Aussie Pastor here on Faith FM. Pretty interesting and sobering conversation, that one, Hunty. Yes, you know, I've got a friend, not an not a Avenus friend, he's a headmaster of a Christian school, and he was telling me uh, over the Christmas break that more than half of the kids in his school aren't Christian. Beautiful, said, love that. I said, what, what's the deal? And he said, there's an overwhelming amount of people in the community who want their kids yeah. to be uh, affected, exposed by, by to Christian, good Christian education. Morals. Yeah, yeah. You know the this, this, this school to my that my child attends, my youngest. Yep. Uh, can I say where it is? Of course, Australian Christian College. It's a great college. It is. I think it's a Baptist. We, we live a fair way from the Adventist school, yep, yep, so yep. Um, they have gone from two hundred to eight hundred in three, four years. Yeah, it's because it's such a great school. So I think if the government doesn't work this out. And I'm talking about the opposition too. There are certainly penalties at the ballot box to pay. There will be. Yeah, yeah. because people, whether you're Christian or Muslim or Sikh or Hindu, people reserve the right to send their kids to schools that represent values that they hold dear. Of course. Uh, no, that, and I agree with Pastor Worker. That doesn't mean we're going to discriminate. And I like the idea. I, I, heard, the, I heard in this debate 
very clearly, and it's never been challenged, that not one single student has ever been thrown out of a Christian school because of sexual orientation uh-huh. or things like that. It's, it's wow. actually a lie. It doesn't wow. happen. Wow. Uh, schools are very careful and very respectful of the way they treat their students as they're growing up in this, in this time of change and development. Mm. Yeah. Another song, Hunty, and yes. then we'll do a short, From short, my favorite short Bible Christian study. group on earth. I can guess who that is. Faith yeah, first. Yeah, you know it. <laughs> and I can't see it from here either. I can say that honestly. It's faith first. What's the song? And the song's entitled, I Bowed on My Knees. I dreamed of a city called glory It was so bright So fair When I entered the gates I cried
Guess what, Hunty? Wow, we've run out of time. <laughs> you enjoyed yeah, that song. I love that song. This would be the third or fourth time in a row we've run out of time because we're getting into these interviews. Yes. So instead of doing three interviews today, I did two. That's right. But I was fooling around at the beginning of the program, wasn't I? <laughs> we, we had fun. <laughs> <laughs> Look, um, we've only got a couple of minutes left. I want to tell you about um, someone I know. I don't know him well, named uh, Marty. Yep. I've known him pretty much all my life. I grew up in Brisbane. He grew up in Mwollumbar Kingscliff area. My family's moved to Mwollumbar Kingscliff area. It's kind of home area. I worked on the Gold Coast. He was a teacher in one of our schools, and he's a hang glider. Mm. I don't like hang gliding. No, me either. I'm scared of heights. You're not scared of heights. Yeah, a bit. Oh, I didn't yeah, think you were. No, I am a bit. I don't like it in a plane when you're not over the wing. You know, you're up the back and you look down, you can just see down 30,000 feet. And I'm on the roof putting an antenna on or a satellite dish. I feel every every metre of height. Yeah, well, I don't think I'd let you on my roof. I think you'd, I'd cra- go through. you'd crash through it. It's been a while since you put a, cra- a satellite dish on a roof. <laughs> anyway, on Sunday he was up at Toowoomba and they towed him up, I think it. Now, I hope this is right, but somewhere around 400 metres, which is over 1,000 feet. When they released him, they towed him up, must have been in a plane. When they released him, the right side of his hang glider collapsed and wrapped itself around him. He's more than a 1,000 feet in the air, mm. and he flapped his way all the way to the ground. Oh, dear. He should have died, mate. And you, 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 sh- you should see the list of his injuries. It's unbelievable. He has a complete base of skull fracture, mm-hmm. minor brain bruising, Transverse process fracture of the cervical spine, oh. um, multiple facial fractures, 
bilateral carotid artery dissection. I don't like the sound of that. Um, fractured all his ribs on the left side. Mm, dear. That'll puncture a lung. That'll cause you a lot of Two fractured grief. ribs on the right, gastric artery aneurysm, liver laceration, adrenal gland hematoma, fractured sacroiliac joint, and it just goes on. Had five units of blood. Mm. Uh, main risk at the moment is brain swelling. Um, for 24 hours, he could have a stroke. The reason I'm sharing this with you is I would like to appeal to our listeners to pray for Marty's life. Yep. He's married. Yep. Has kids. Is I haven't talked to him for many years, so I can't pretend I'm talking about a really good mate, but a good bloke. And uh, he's still alive. It's uh, Tuesday, so I suppose that's got to be a good thing. But the pressure on him is great. And we're living in a world where pressure is great, isn't it, when things like this happen? And that's tough. It is. So if you can remember Marty, I'd appreciate that. And let's just see what God can do in his life and whether he can bring him mm. through what I think is just a, a terrible challenge. We've got one more song, Hunter. Yeah, it's um, by the Gaither Singers, and it's another ripper. And I guess it's quite appropriate, given that story. It's called Something Beautiful.
suppose hunty in a lot of ways we're praying for something beautiful for marty that's right yep yeah yep. and i know he represents a lot of people out there who have loved ones or they themselves have been involved in bad accidents i know my dad right now had an accident before mm-hmm. christmas he fell over which doesn't seem a big deal does it well it's had far-reaching effects of De- his life devastating consequences mm-hmm. yep. he's he's gone into hospital for eight weeks he might not return home well, I spoke to the physio yesterday, yeah, and the physio and made it very clear that unless God works a miracle, my dad will never walk again. Oh, dear. Um, and so he's he's in a nursing home now in respite, but about to go in full time because as much as he wants to, to, he just can't come home. He's such a warrior for God, that man. Yeah, he is. Um, so whether it's Marty or my dad, we all have people in our lives who need praying for, and I don't think we should ever, ever... Stop asking God for the miracle. True. Asking him to do something beautiful. And I think that's what I'm going to do now, Hunty. I'm going to pray that God will work a miracle. Dear Lord Jesus, I want to pray today uh, for my dad. I know he's old. I pray that you give him courage and wisdom and comfort as he goes through his journey. But especially I want to pray for Marty. It's true I don't know him that well, but he's always been around. He's not that old and he's had this terrible accident. He's in hospital fighting for his life. And I pray, Lord, that you'll be merciful and grant it to him. And for all those others out there who have things going on in the lives of themselves or those they love, I pray, Lord, for miracles. Do something beautiful to your glory and honour is my prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you for joining us today. My name's Lloyd Grolleman, and, and I'm my the name's Hunky. <laughs> yeah, you're jumping in. I'm jumping. Now I'm going to be late because of that. Oh no! My name's Lloyd Grolleman. I'm the par- Aussie pastor. <laughs> Who are you? My name's Hunty. And God loves you. He does so much, so much more than we ever can. Amen. See you next See time. See you next time. Thanks for joining the Aussie Pastor. If you enjoyed today's program and would like to find out more about Jesus, our ministry, or ways to support us, go to findjesus.tv. 